Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Well, grab your Bibles, Acts chapter 10. We're continuing the series, He's Greater Than Me. This is the last part. Uh, officially, i got to make a confession. Officially, I broke my fast last night with a chicken fried steak. Don't hate on me. Don't hate on me. But for, so those of you that haven't broke it yet, go ahead. You got my permission? <laughs> Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 is going to be lengthy, but just hold on tight because I talk fast. Are you ready? Here we go. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion. Now, you're wondering what is a centurion? A centurion is a man who is over a hundred soldiers who was given position by Rome. And so this man, Cornelius, was a centurion who was known as the Italian cohort. A devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. So he was a good man. He was a religious man, and he prayed all the time, but he was a Roman. That means he was a Gentile. That means that he wasn't of the Jewish nation, so he didn't have the same gods. He shouldn't have had the same God as the children of Israel. But, but he prayed to God. So somewhere along the way, someone talked to him about God, and he supported the Jewish nation. And so about the ninth hour of the day, He saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, (laughs) what would you do if an angel showed up in your prayer room? I mean, wouldn't it shock you? Cornelius, and he he stared at him in, in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial. It ascended before God and now send men to Joppa. Send men to Joppa, bring one Simon who was called Peter. Now this is in another town, and he gave him a specific instruction. He is lodging with what Simon, a tanner who's by the sea. And, and when the angel spoke to him, he had departed. And he and two servants, and actually he got two servants and one soldier, and he sent them to go find Peter. Now, in this portion, there's a little narration there that happens when it tells us what's actually happening simultaneously in Joppa. In Joppa, when you look at it in verse 19, the angel went at the same time while Cornelius was praying in Joppa in another town, Peter was praying, and an angel appeared to Peter and started talking to him about the same purpose and circumstance and same reason for them was to network and come together. And so here's what happened. And whilst Peter was pondering the vision, similar to the one that God gave to Cornelius, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. Peter went down to the men and said, "Um, I am the one you're looking for. What's your reason for coming? That's kind of mind-blowing, because when a guy comes up to your door you've never met, and you're just being obedient, wondering not whether or not your boss really heard from God. And when you get there, he opens the door and says, hey, I'm the guy you're looking for. What do you need? 
That's how straightforward Peter was and how sure he was. And then he goes on further. And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright, God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by the holy angel to send you to come to his house to hear what you have to say. Now, folks, if that's not a door of opportunity and a door of blessing, I don't know what is because God was fixing to do something great in their life. And right here is proof and evidence that God has doors for us in our lives that he wants to open. There are so many people that feel their purpose. They know why they were born. They know their gifts, but they haven't reached the full God-given potential or they don't know how to get there. And that's what we're going to be talking about this Sunday morning. The subtitle for today's message is actually called A Greater Door. A Greater Door in Your Life. Opportunities, favor, the blessings of God. I think we all want to walk in the blessings of God. But I think that if we get the revelation that even the blessings you have in your life right now, there are greater blessings. There are greater blessings. There are greater opportunities. There is more that God has for you. How many of you believe that God is able? Will you pray for the service right now? Come on, stretch out your hands. Just before you sit down, pray God bless the service. Just pray and say, Lord, bless this service today. And Lord, we ask you to touch Pastor Bobby. Now, Lord, I know you're always, you're always here. But God, just, just prove yourself today. And, and God, let every hungry heart be filled. And let every person be blessed. And let them walk out differently than what they came in. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. All right, one more time. Give them some praise. And you can be seated after that. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Don't complain about standing. I saw you and seen you stand longer in movie lines. Yeah. You know, God is so unpredictable at times. And I think God remains unpredictable because if we had it all figured out, I don't think we'd do anything. Or, you know, I don't think anybody understands fully what God is doing in their life until he actually does it. You know, if God put things in front of you before your time that your character would so be oh, so undeveloped that by the time you got there, you may get to where you think you want to go, but before you get there to that place of blessing, your character can't handle and sustain everything that God has for you. So there is just a process. And, and everything in your life that you're going to do, whether it's a promotion, whether it is uh, a business deal, um, whether it's a uh, relationship through you're looking for the right one. How many people are looking for the right one? You're looking for Mrs. Right and <laughs> Mr. Right? I got some advice for you. Stop wasting time to find Mr. Right. Become Mrs. Right and Mr. Right will come. Because Mr. Wright and Mrs. Wright is looking for Mr. and Mrs. Wright, too. It's true. So it'll, I don't care what kind of business you're in. It, it doesn't matter what we do. If you're into electronics, uh, technical, technology, I promise you, at the, end of that, at the end of that line, that hard line, at the end of that phone line, there is going to be a person. We are going to deal with people. At the end of this, this season that we're, the season of fasting that we're in, I've thought about and contemplated what we should talk about, and I feel just kind of be sensitive to God on what he wanted to share with you all and kind of lead me in that direction. And, and there's one thing I know that everyone needs in their life. They need opportunity. 
a chance. A chance. Everyone deserves a chance. Everyone needs opportunity to come into their life, and we don't miss it. Someone said it like this, don't be at the bus station when your train's coming in. You don't want to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, but you want to be at the right place at the right time. See, we call that favor. Being at the right place at the right time, God connects you to the right people. So it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life and what your career is. When you go to get a job, you're going to have to be interviewed by a person. You're going to deal with people. I remember when God blessed me when I was, well, when I was first married and boy, Haley was just a little baby girl and man, we didn't have two pennies to rub together. We didn't have anything. And I hadn't needed a job. So I didn't know how to get into the plants. I wanted to be an INE technician. I didn't know how to get started. didn't know what to do. So I prayed and asked God, just get me in there, Lord. I had somebody walk up to me one day and say, hey, man, you interested in the job? You see, when I prayed, I just didn't sit there and wait for it to fall on my lap. A lot of people don't recognize that opportunity has clothes on. Opportunity has overalls. Red wings, a handkerchief, it looks a lot like work. And so someone got me connected, got me in, and it wasn't about me having all the knowledge in the world. It was, really wasn't what I knew at that time, it was who I knew. And every opportunity has always been like that for me. God connected me to the right people. But it never was without first me connecting to God, ever. This, if you look at this scenario in this portion of Scripture, we're talking about two dispensations, two different dispensations. That's church jargon for, for salvation coming to the world through Jesus Christ versus living under the law, living under the Old Testament. And, and so Jesus came into the world he saved the Jew first, and now he's fixing to give and pour his spirit out to all humanity. And now he is fixing to save a Gentile. And so this is the first recorded area in history, in history, where God merges the two different cultures, two different nations. He's fixing to bring them both into the body of Christ. It's a momentous moment. And this is how it happened. It happened while both of them were just in their devotion. It happened just by simply those two individuals talking. It's a miracle, folks, because they lived in separate towns. Never heard of each other. Then an angel shows up and speaks to both of them. One is terrified. The other one's used to it. You know, Peter's just kind of like... He's seen angels. He saw the Lord transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's walked on water before in the Gospels. You know, Peter, Peter's been freaked out already, right? So an angel showing up in his house, no big deal. No big deal. Be a big deal in my house, I'll tell you that right now. But he was sued. I think that in that moment when Cornelius was visited, he never considered everything he did in the past 
that just came up before God and God recognized it. Can I tell you, don't get weary in well-doing. Keep doing what you do. Keep serving in the church. Keep giving. Keep praying. Mama, don't stop praying for your kids, Mama. Don't stop praying for your kids because you're almost to that place where God's fixing to walk by and recognize that he can't go without answering that prayer today. It's kind of like God's layway plan, right? God has a layway plan. And so now you're, 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 you're in this place where you're, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and that's the problem. We look at the clock and times go, time goes by slow when you're looking at the clock. But if you'll just stay focused on what God's asked you to do, where he puts you, where you work, what you're doing, if you stay consistent with that and do good and obey his commandments, have a relationship with him, he is going to see your hard work and you will see it pay off. You will see it pay off. And this is the merger. It happens. Cornelius meets Peter. He Peter goes to his house. They have revival in their home, right? They have this experience that completely just revolutionizes everything. And then God just established a prophecy when he said he was going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. They were part of history. They were part of history. Uh, and this is what we consider. Life, I want you to remember this. Are you ready? Remember this saying. I've said it many times, but I'm going to say it again. Life moves at the speed of relationships. Life moves at the speed of relationships. You know, when I'm in trouble and I need a blessing, I don't go to somebody who's not blessed. If I'm in trouble and I fell down and you're on the ground too, I'm not asking you to help me get up. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Listen, if I'm poor, I needed some help. I'm not going to call a poor person to help me. Just saying. You call and depend on somebody who is stronger than you, more able than you, more capable than you, knows more than you. I mean, listen, if I want to talk to somebody about my marriage, I, I want to talk to somebody who has been through some problems, who has argued a little bit and learned how to overcome in that intense fellowship, right? Your life. I mean, that's just what I'm saying. We don't argue. We have intense fellowship, right? And she wins. She's just prettier than me, but that's just why. But the process of staying with it and understanding one thing, that God is the one who takes care of every one of my needs. God is the one who is going to take care of me and care about me. No one loves me more than Jesus does. You know how much you love your children right now? How many of you just love your children or grandbabies, grandbabies? Do you know God loves you more than that? If you can fathom that for a moment, and God knows every one of your steps, God says the, good, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And so I've lost, I used to, I used to, and I want you to just put yourself in my shoes. So I'm fixing to get to the two points, give you a few scriptures, and you get to go home and have lunch. I've learned from reading the Bible, 
and this story that I no longer try to go out and try to politic and try to, and try to, to uh, like in ministry, I've seen a lot of people carry cards all the time. Put cards out, put cards out. One time the Lord spoke to me and said, stop throwing your cards out, I'll connect you to who I know. And I've said for me. So I went ahead and I trusted that. And I started praying and started getting connected to him. Then God, this is when things changed in my life. Then God started connecting me to who he knows. Number one, God is connected to everyone. God is connected to everyone. He knows the number of the hairs on your head, even if there is just one. Even if you have none. He knows how many you lost this morning when you took a shower. He knows everything. He knows everyone. I'm a soul believer that God deals with every single person in this world. And I also believe the reason why God can do that is because the church has prayed throughout the ages. That's true. I want to give you a case in point. Now, God, we, the scripture says God is the head, right? Christ is the head of the church. The church is the body of Christ, right? So who does God's work for him, through him? He, who does he work through? The church, his body. I mean, you don't go to work with just your head. You go to work with your body. God uses the church, and he moves on the church to pray. He moves on the church to pray for the nation. He moves on the church to pray for... Some of you don't even know sometimes what you're praying for because God just moved on you. And some of you pray in the Spirit and do... You know, you get caught up in it and you feel good, doesn't it? But you don't even know God's using you to pray for somebody. My wife and I pray for people all the time. We see somebody walking on the, on the parking lot of HEB, we'll pray for them. Say, God, save them, touch them, God, do whatever. We've done that so many times because God touches. One time we had a person that was walking in front of our car, and I felt something in my heart for him, and my wife felt it too. And I said, honey, look at that young man right there. So we need to pray for him. I felt like we need to pray for him. So we prayed for that young man, and it was like in the afternoon. It was, still, it was pretty early, and we prayed for him. And, and then all of a sudden, we just kind of left and forgot about it. Then the next thing you know, evening time came. The kids had something going on at the house. They had a bunch of young people that were there. And there sitting right there in my living room was that man we prayed for right there in my living room. And I looked at my wife. I said, that's the young man we prayed for today. And, he, and, he, and I said, hey, man. I said, hey, how you doing? What's your name? He told me his name. And we started talking. He said, I, man, I just moved in town. And. I just don't have a church family. I'm trying to look for some place to go and what to do. And someone called me last minute and invited me to come over. I, and so I don't know anybody. I don't know, you know, I don't know who I need to get connected with or do whatever. And we told him the story, and he started crying. Now he pastors a student ministry in another city now, but he came here to get connected, grow, and God blessed him. Now he's moved on. But... So I'm a believer in these kind of things. I'm a believer that people that show up to this church, we didn't have to know their name. I didn't have to know your name to pray for you. We prayed when we first started this church. It was filthy in here. Oily floors, white ceilings, red iron. 
it wasn't, there was nothing in this, this flipped out building right here, but we prayed and we said, God, we took an empty chair, said, Lord, fill up every one of these chairs. I pray for every person that drives by that they feel your presence. Whatever it takes, God, do it, Father. You know every single person that's out there. In fact, Lord, I don't know their names, but I pray for the whole city. I just claim the whole city. I claim the whole city and say, Jesus, draw them near. So listen, I don't know their names, but God knows everyone. God knows everyone. And until you start taking those steps of faith and start stepping out and go beyond what you know or who you know and pray, God, bring the opportunity, you're never going to see everything that God has for you because life moves at the speed of relationships. Behind every deal is a person. And God gives you favor with that person, not until you have favor with God in most cases. But here's a scripture, Psalms 14 and 2. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand and seek after him. Psalms 153, 53 and 2 says, God looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there's any who understand to seek after him. Again, listen to what Job said. Job said, for his eyes are on the ways of a man, and he sees all his steps. Even when you fall, when you're there, God sees your next move. He sees the heart. God, listen, never judge anybody if they're not like you because you don't know who they really are in their heart. God deals with everybody. There are so many people in the world that God uses. So many people in the world that God speaks to. Because every person, I believe this, every single person wants to, wants to hear and do the right thing. They just don't know it most of the time. But it takes someone like you the body of Christ, the hands of God, to pray. He instructed us in this area of our life. But when we begin to get connected to him, God will connect you to people that has a lot to do with your purpose and destiny. People will seek you out to connect with you because they feel compelled to. If, it, if your destiny ties into the kingdom of God and your purpose ties into the kingdom, how many times have we said in this place, whatever you do in your business, whatever you do in your family, in your lives, connect it to the kingdom with purpose. Do all things in word and deed unto the Lord because God blesses motive and God blesses spirit. God can tell if you have ill intentions. God will see if your motives aren't pure. God ain't going to bless that. I'm just going to tell you. God ain't going to bless your, pure intention, your impure intentions. But when everything you do is for the glory of God and you connect to that, then you'll start seeing some things happen that God orchestrates in your life and he's, because he's in it. He's in it. And when you start speaking this, God starts dealing with people. Again, Cornelius and Peter. Cornelius and Peter. Moses was 80 years old. 80 years old. What do you think about that, Pierre? 80 years old, Pierre. 
Our oldest member of the church is 93. 93, where's he at? He's not here because his little, uh, he's not here because when he is here, I have his little mic right here. He keeps on him and I preach so he can hear me. But uh, God couldn't use Moses like he wanted to. Couldn't use him like he wanted to. Moses took everything into his own hands. He said, you know what? I've been called. I'm going to step out and I'm going to take care of this. Do it myself. So Moses went and took things with his own hands, killed an Egyptian, and he got condemned about it. Then he left because he knew, everyone knew. He was broken. At the latter part of his life, he was broken. And all of a sudden, when he's taking care of sheep, minding his own business, God shows up in a burning bush right in front of him. And God talks to him. God knew where he was at. God didn't. Listen, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. If God called you in the 80s, how many 80s people do we got in this house? No 80s fans? Nobody? Okay, thank you. You know why you're not raising your hand? You don't want me to see that you listen to 80s music. That's probably what it is. Your, your, your mullet gave it away, though. Ah, just kidding. 80. 80. Then God says he's ready. Where did that come from? Why was Moses called? Well, let's go back a little bit. Remember when Moses was a baby? Remember when Moses' mama said, I've got to put him in the bulrush? I've got to sit him down the little stream? And, and then the Pharaoh's daughter found him. And Pharaoh's, miraculously, Pharaoh's daughter says, I'll, he goes back to Moses' mama and says, I want you to nurse him for me. Nurse him for me. Take care of him for me. I promise you, it doesn't say it in the scripture, but I promise you, being a believer in God, that mama prayed over that young boy I'm telling you, he was going to live as an Egyptian. But I, I can just imagine in my mind, if that was my son or if that was one of ours, and I know you had him, I know our prayers would go something like this. Lord Jesus, connect him to the right people when he gets older. He may be God labeled as an Egyptian, but never let him forget where he comes from. God, direct his steps when he gets older. That's why, we, that's why we do baby dedications. We commit them back to God. We say, Lord, no matter where they go, no matter where they're at, let your eyes always be on them. Always protect them. Always be there with them. Lord, open up doors for them when they need the right doors open. Shut the doors that need to be shut. Watch, I'm telling you that mama prayed for him. Don't ever underestimate the power of a praying mama. Why are mama's prayers so strong? Because mama, no one loves her like mama. There's, hell knows no wrath like an upset mama. I don't mess with people's kids and their mamas. I don't. You spanked that boy. I ain't touching that boy. His mama, I've seen his mama. His mama's got big chanclas. <laughs> Not me. A chancla. I don't even know what chancla is, right? To all the black and white people, chancla is a sandal that Mexicans use to correct their kids. Back when I was young, those sandals were wooden sandals. How many of you remember those wooden sandals? 
son, that wasn't fair. Now they got plastic. I'm like, what? Plastic? I got cheated, man. <laughs> Y'all know nothing about that whippings. I would grow up, when I grew up, I got a whooping, not a whipping, a whooping. Anyhow, mamas, mamas always, always know. But this is what I'm trying to tell you. Here's the point I want to give you, and I have to move on. Stop trying to worry. Stop worrying about trying to make those connections or trying to make things happen or wondering how it's going to happen. Get connected with God and let him work these things out. You still have to get out there. You still have to make it. You still have to go and work. You still have to try to initiate all that stuff. But God will make it so much easier. Because point number two, Point number two, and here's the last point, favor will precede every introduction. Favor will precede every introduction. Before they ever, listen, Cornelius didn't have to wait for an invitation, right? Cornelius didn't have to wait for an invitation. Neither did Peter have to wait for an invitation. I mean, you know, here's the preacher. Here's the preacher, you know, I got to get another schedule. I got to get another appointment. God, I got to get another revival. Got to get this. And that. Hold on a second. He's just praying, going about his business, and all of a sudden an angel comes and said, I got somebody for you. And then Cornelius comes. He's just there doing his thing. You see, when you just live life and live a good life and you do the right thing, God's going to bless you and God's going to show up and direct you. But the angel showed up at Cornelius' house, and they were both introduced to each other before they met. God made a way. I believe in divine appointments. I do. And I, I, I have prayed my entire life, God, I don't, let me tell you something. If I'm in covenant with you, if I'm, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about me. I'm picky. Anyone who knows me knows I'm very picky. If I don't feel comfortable with you, if something makes me uncomfortable about you, or I pick up something, I won't get connected to you. But if, but, but if you're my brother, my sister, I just got to tell you, I get kind of mafioso. Kind of become like the godfather. I'll go down with you. I'll fight with you. Anybody messes with you, they got to mess with this Latino right here. That's just the way it is. And, Latinos are crazy, right? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like Cajuns. I don't know. You know, man, there's something wild that happens every once in a while. But when I'm connected with you, it's a covenant, and we're family. We're family. God is going to send the right people in your life that will help you reach your destiny not pull you down. That's how you know. The people that God sends into your life are going to expedite the purpose of God in your life. That's key indication. Anybody who comes into your life takes you away from your family, takes you away from your purpose, takes you away from your good nature. There, you better check it. You better check it quick. Because that person's going to slow you down. And i got to be honest with you. I don't have time for people who are going to slow me down. I, we don't, life is too short. we got to see the kingdom built. I mean, we got a church to build, man. 
we got to see thousands of people whose lives are still hasn't been changed yet. There are more, more Todd Wiedemeyers in this city. I'm just telling you, there are more John Pipers in this city. There are more Dr. Javier's in this city. There are more people who want to see God's purpose in their life. But who are they going to connect with? Maybe you're not the Cornelius. Maybe you're the Peter. Which one are you? And if you want to find out what your purpose is, then you got to get connected to the one who gave you purpose. Every person has a plan God's given to them. And like Moses, you may get it later. Or like David, you may get it sooner. But eventually, God is going to try his very best to get you connected to the right people that's going to help you go down the right path to help you reach your full God potential. If you think you're blessed now, can I tell you, turn to somebody and tell them, you haven't seen anything yet. God is bigger. God is bigger. Now, watch this. Favor will precede you. I've got to read you this. I've got to read you this. Here's the, here's the last scripture. Psalms 23 and 5. Psalms 23 and 5. This is the, the, the scripture of the good shepherd, the shepherd, when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he says it right here in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's what David said. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now, in Psalms 23, we, we understand that David's speaking from a sheep perspective, right? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's putting himself in the position of a sheep, a lamb, right? So he's calling God his shepherd. So he's speaking from that point of view. And so when he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, what that actually means is, it actually means that if you look at the life of a shepherd, his responsibility was to care for, protect, and feed the sheep. That's why he had the shepherd's staff. The shepherd's staff is curled at the top and is pointing at the end because the end of the staff was meant to protect and ward off any adversary. The hook on the end was meant to draw them in. So like God, our shepherd, he draws us in with love and he, take care of, he takes care of our enemies, Right? So when God prepares a table before us, that term is used by shepherds by a mountain top or a tabletop or plain. The table represents a field on the side of a hill or mountain that the shepherd can stand so his elevation is higher so he can look down overseeing the sheep for looking for danger. And before he takes the sheep onto that parcel of land, he will go there days before and prepare it. He will take all the thorns and thistles out so it doesn't get into the coats of the sheep. He'll go and take all the poisonous plants out, and he'll find a position where he can oversee the sheep so when they're grazing, they don't have to worry about being attacked. So what David was saying, David was saying, he prepares a table before you and I, right in front of your enemy, and whatever you're taken by God, you see, the shepherd walks in front of the sheep and he calls her name and knows, he knows their voices. In the Middle East, there, there will be a field with five different herds of sheep and every shepherd will call out their sheep and call them out. 
Every one of them will go to the voice of their shepherd because they know their voices. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. What am I saying to you? What I'm telling you is when you're spirit led, God will take every area that he's bringing you to and prepare it to be a blessing for you. And you don't have to live in fear because what God's fixing to give you, the devil can't take away. Period. Oh, man, I feel that. I agree with that. What God gives you, nobody can take away. You, am, I, am I, you know? <laughs> and even, even God, watch this, even God will use someone who doesn't like you to bless you. Oh, man, you don't believe me, do you? God will use somebody. You remember the prophets of Baal when, when they were told to go curse God's people, and every time they tried to curse, they were end up blessing God's people? You don't, maybe you didn't read that. Maybe you heard the story about the little lady who was, who was on her porch, little, little widow lady on the porch every morning. She'd go out there, and she would she was sit in a little rocking chair on the porch, and she'd pray every morning, have her devotion. And she'd say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day, Lord. Lord Jesus, you've been so good to me, Jesus. One week she had a tough week and she said, Lord Jesus, I need a blessing. Lord Jesus, I'm out of food. Lord Jesus, I need help. God, I'm broke. Meet my needs. Well, she was praying out loud. Her next door neighbor was the atheist. He didn't believe in God. He couldn't stand the fact that she believed in God. And he heard her prayers. He was there. She was on the porch. She didn't hide it. He heard her. So the next day, that guy goes to the grocery store. He buys two bags of groceries. He goes up to the door, drops it right there, rings the doorbell, and runs in the bushes. And she comes out, and she looks, and she looks down, and she starts praising God, and she says, Lord Jesus, Thank you for meeting my needs. God, you're so faithful. God, I love you. I praise you. She's there praising God. And here comes that idiot. He jumps out of the bushes and he goes, ha, God didn't give you those groceries. I bought them. And she started praising God even stronger. She goes, thank you, Lord, for using the devil to do it too, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you, God will use people who don't even like you to bless you sometimes. That's how much favor you have in your life. Do you believe that this Sunday morning? How many of you believe that, that God's favor is in your life? What's this? What's this? Come on, stand to your feet. What's this? Here it is. Favor with God brings favor with men, and favor with men opens doors. God, Jesus, walked on this earth, and he had a favor with God and favor with men. But I promise you, he knew who to get connected to because God was a networker. What am I saying to you? Here's what I believe for you in 2018, and I want you to receive this today, that 2018 is going to be filled with connections from God that doors are going to be open to you, that this year will be our most prosperous year that we've ever had in our entire life because God is going to make it happen. Will you lift your hands and let me, let me just pray with you right now. Let's agree together if you believe this kind of stuff. Lord Jesus, right now. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. 
If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.